Welcome to the Vision Lab, where we give a voice to the voiceless. I'm Ryan Cuffey, alongside with my co-host, Mr. Ryan Mosley. Here in the Vision Lab, we put pen to pad and dive deep to uncover your passions and how you can arrive there. The Vision Lab is a platform focused on growth and exploring the developmental path of people's visions and dreams and how those dreams come into reality. It's all about tapping into and becoming the best versions of ourselves through self-discovery, self-examination, and self-actualization. Mo, who do we have on the show today? Today's guest is a native of Dallas, Texas. He's a graduate of both Carter High School and the University of Texas in Austin. He's a 10-year NFL veteran who is now retired and makes his home here in the Metroplex. He's a businessman in the truest sense of the word. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the Vision Lab podcast, Mr. Jonathan Scott. Jay Scott, we appreciate you sitting down with us. For those who don't know who you are, um, obviously there's people here, you know, in the circles we run, everyone knows who you are, but for those who are, you know, hearing your name and voice for the first time, give us a little bit of your background. Oh yeah, man, uh, first and foremost, appreciate you guys having me. Thank you for, uh, thank you for having us, man. Oh, it's all good, it's all good, you know. Um, but yeah, man, so uh, here in the great state of Texas, as you know, <laughs> yeah. you know, I know some of you guys are transplants, but but uh, with that being said, you know, played in the league 10 years, uh, currently retired, have no plans of going back as a professional athlete. Um, right now, um, grew up in Dallas, Texas, born and raised, Oak Cliff, Texas. I uh, went to Carter High School, then eventually graduated um, University of Texas, uh, degree in business and uh, communications. Uh, of course, played in the league. Now have uh, various businesses. I do a lot of uh, speaking and uh, empowering. You know, at the end of the day, if you broke down who I am, what I am, I'm all about empowering people. I've uh, been doing that now for going on pretty much uh, last six six years, so uh, kind of brought me to brought me to this point, man. Uh, just excited here to share the wealth of knowledge. So I've got the radio background, mm-hmm. and uh, one of the questions I'm always interested to hear, you know, a retired athlete's response. And we're obviously we're going to get into the, the what you're doing now, you know, empowering people, so on and so forth. But when did you know it was time to go as far as being a professional football player? When did, when did, were you told you were done or did you wake up one day like, you know what, I'm, I'm done? Oh, no, I, I pretty much told myself uh, I made that decision. Uh, you know, <laughs> something that my pops used to always say, hey, son, this is your little red wagon. You can either push it or pull it. Huh. So at the end of the day, I made that choice. You know, um, you know, it was one of those things. I know most of it was a physical aspect of it. You know, I've been playing football since I was what? was seventh grade and just the wear and tear on your body and I was like look it took it, it's too much to recover just to play the next game so it got to the point to where I was just uh just tired just tired of physically playing it um you know I was just ready to turn a, a chapter in the book you know uh you know so many different things that I aspire to do football was just just part of the plan it wasn't a complete plan so, so when did you realize that, you know, you started playing around seventh grade, right? Yep. And when did you realize that, yo, I'm really good at this? Hmm. That's a good question. Uh, you know, it was 
it was crazy because it's kind of what I talk about is mindset. It's like when I when I first get when I first started playing, I didn't realize, man, I might actually be able to make something out of this. It was just make something out of this. It was probably uh, my sophomore year when I made second team. I made second team all district. And I was like, dang, I can actually make something out of this. So my biggest thing was like, as a young kid, I just said, hey, if I wanna if I wanna be whatever I can imagine myself being, why well, don't I just copy it? You know, and what do you mean by that? All right. So at the time when I was playing, I'm like, all right, I wanna be, I wanna be the best guy on the football field. Well, just the way I thought it was just logic. Shoot, look at the best lineman in the game. So I used to always watch. At that Tony. time, who was it? At that time, when I was watching football, I was watching Tony Baselli, uh, watching Jonathan Ogden, watching uh, 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 Larry Allen. I'm looking at guys in the league. Uh, yeah, I'm in high school, high school, but shoot, if they the best, why not try to be the best? You knew that's where you were trying to get to. You know what? It wasn't so much I was trying to get there. I was just trying to be better than everybody else, you know? It's like, I didn't, that real moment where I realized like, dang, I can actually go to the league probably wasn't until uh, second year of college. So but, it's, it's interesting because I, I played high school ball and then played yeah. at Vanderbilt too. And for me, back then, you, you know, I, I graduated in, in uh, 1999 and I didn't realize how good I was. You know what yeah. I mean? Was that kind of the same yeah. experience? Like, did you know like, yo, I'm I'm really, I'm a badass. You know what, it wasn't so much, you know, not to diminish your, your thought process, but me, it was more so the fact just that I just wanted to be better than everybody in my surroundings. Like, it was just, it, it's just part of my ego, right? It's just like, like, excuse my language, but fuck you, I'm better than you. Right. <laughs> that's, that's just how I felt, like, and I'm gonna show you, you know, and, you know, I guess it comes from that, you know, I come from that surrounding of, you know, my experiences of, like, everyone's telling you what you can't do, mm -hmm. right? But, you know, but when you surround around men who have a common knowledge of high aspirations, you're thinking, like, well, why is it that they, you know, true men or true women in my corner saying I can, but everybody in my surroundings or in my school saying I can't? I mean, even teachers saying what I couldn't do. Some coaches are even like, you know, yeah, I, this is, all right, let me segue to saying this. This is one thing I hate hearing from people of, you know, uh, um, leadership, lead, yeah, in, in, yeah in leadership positions. They always say, and I don't subscribe to it, and I think it's complete crap, is always have a plan B. If I'm focusing, my whole thing is if I'm focusing on, on the possibility of not getting plan A, quote unquote, not I'm not all the way in. And so my whole thing is, is that, no, nah, football was the plan, period. Guess what? Uh, business was the plan, period, period. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm doing all of it. I'm not just doing that, just football, I'm doing all of it. So you, you didn't want to be put in a box to be told what you can or cannot do. Yeah, I hated it. I, I simply hated it. Like. Yeah, and so what gave me that inspiration was crazy. The first like sign of like, you know what? Changing my mentality, my mindset changed back in Emmitt Smith. 
actually is crazy because I can actually have a conversation with Emmett right now. Is that I remember Emmett Smith came to talk to our middle school, yeah, our middle school, uh, like a camp or whatnot. <clears throat> well, in middle school, talk talk to a camp saying like, if you have aspirations to play in the NFL, you can do it. And when I heard him say that, I was just like, all right, <laughs> let's do it, <laughs> you know. And so, did I know how I was going to do it? No. I just knew that I was going to be better than everybody around me, or at least uh, fight to be better than everybody around me. So if I knew that, you know, the world saw somebody who was the best tackle, well, I'm going to try to, I'm going to try to do, outshine him. Not in the arrogant sense, but like, I'm just to try to outwork you. And just the competitive nature. Of it. Exactly. So it was always one of those things, it's like, man, how can I be better? And you know, it's just, it gets to like a biblical sense, iron sharpening iron. It's like, how can I get better? You know, so to surround myself around people who are better than me at that position or at that, 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 that skill set. So you, you really just hit on something like huge. And I want to tap into that for a quick second here. When Emmett Smith was talking to you guys in middle school, you said, you know what? I can do it. I don't know how I'm going to do it. I'm just going to do it. Can you talk to our listeners about maybe, you know, somebody out there is thinking about starting a business, right? Or thinking about getting away from a problem that, that exists in their current life. Mm -hmm. uh, they don't know, plan, you know, step B. They know step A is to, to do it. They don't know how. Yeah. How can you can you talk about you know what that's like and saying hey look I got a vision I got a plan I'm gonna yeah. do this yeah you know <clears throat> one of the biggest things I've realized is that you need to be a lifelong learner <clears throat> um, you always gotta be you gotta have you gotta always realize that you are not you don't know everything you know I kind of use the moniker there's four things that I know I know what I know I know what I don't know. I know who knows what I don't know, and that's all I need to know, right? All right. I like that. <laughs> so, I like that a lot. And so my whole thing is, is that what what is the underlying message behind that? I don't have an ego big enough. To, I don't have such an ego to say, you know what? I don't know that question, but I bet you I can find it out, right? So, um, you know, and not to get off track, but that's what teamwork is, right? It's like I don't know how to play quarterback, but I know what the role of a quarterback is. Right. I don't know how to play tight end, but I know the role of it. You know what? You know what a good one look like. Exactly, right? And so, in that same sense, it's like people who are aspiring to be something, to do something, or have have some type of aspiration. That's the first part. You know, the second part is is that. You got to have a certain mindset. How you create that mindset? Look, this is just my own personal belief, and you don't necessarily have to subscribe to it, but fuck motivation. <laughs> that is bullshit. You need to have a mindset. You got to have it hardwired into your mind. I am good at uh, this is what I aspire to be, and I'm going to do everything that I possibly can to do it. I am going to fail along the way, but I am so dedicated to doing this, I don't care what's in front of me. And so you have that mindset is like I don't care what's in front of me. Like when I was a when I when I was in uh, high school, like I just knew I wanted to play. I, at that point, I was like I knew I wanted to play football at the highest level. Right. Guess what? I was not the strongest. I was not the fastest. I didn't care. I just said I'm just get stronger. I, I remember going into my sophomore year, I may have benched 185 pounds. Now, for, for those of y'all that obviously yeah, we're, yeah, we're, exactly. we're, we're laughing for a reason. Go we're, ahead. We're on a podcast here, right? So let me just kind of put this into perspective for you. Jonathan is six foot six, roughly three thirty. 
340? I would say six foot seven. Six foot seven. Don't cheat him. Don't cheat him. About 345. 340. So the <laughs> idea of him barely being able to bench press 180, 185 pounds is, is actually kind of laughing. Because <laughs> we're, we're all sitting in here and we're all athletes and like, you're, you you and that body couldn't bench press 185. It's like, yeah, come on, man. man. I'm telling you that, and that's the thing. And that's the whole thing. It's just like, why do I need to motivate? Like, that's why I just like, motivation is like washing your ass. You got to do that every day. Right. <laughs> you got to do that every single day. But getting, you know, you know, having, taking a shower is not going to necessarily get you to your end goal, right? So motivation not gonna get you in goal. It's like you gotta have a mindset, and what that mindset is that you gotta have something like laser etched into your brain. This is what I'm going to do. Now you can't be naive sure. and say, "Oh, I'm just get there because I believe." You gotta apply. You gotta do some kind of application, I'm right? Say theory and application. <laughs> there it is. So at the end of the day, that's why I go with my my four knows, right? Shoot, I know what I know, I know what I don't know, I know who knows who, what I don't know, and that's all I need to know. Now, how do you get to know what you don't know? That's huge. Like, right. I get, I know what I know, I know what I don't know, but finding out who knows what you don't know. Yeah. And so, because so, there are some people out there who, uh, who, are, who are, are in lockstep in regards to, I know what I don't know, and I know who knows what I don't know, but how do you, and, and you're in taking your train of thought or your school of belief, how does somebody go about finding a person who knows they don't know so they can yeah. wind up knowing? How you find that person who knows what you don't know? Correct. All right, so, great question. All right, so the first thing is, is that, <clears throat> all right, to answer your question, let's say I want to start a, a brewery business because I'm just, I like beer, right? So you have to, you have to kind of ask yourself, you have to ask, you have to ask yourself, hmm, well, I know I like beer. Well, how do I make beer? Right? So you gotta go find the answer. You gotta go, you gotta learn, right? So one of the things that you do uh, for me is like, I, the people that I know who knows things, it's the relationship I built over the years, right? So you gotta stand on something, right? So me personally, I stand on, at the end of the day, I'm not gonna jeopardize my name for anything. So if I go to someone and say, hey man, can you teach me about business? Can you teach me about mutual funds? Can you, you know, because I know you're, you're, you have your MBA in finance. Tell me about this. And I would love for, I would love for you to explain this and just learn. Like a lot of times people think that like once you get out of college or once you get out of high school, you just stop. No, you gotta keep learning. And I'm pretty sure as you, as you may know, it's like, once you start a process, that's just the start of the process, sure. right? Yeah. <laughs> so, um, you know, the biggest thing is, is like be a lifelong learner and, and and always try to see how you can better yourself. So if I, if I know this much about business, well, what else can I find out? You know, one of the simple things is read, right? You know, one of the biggest things, especially for business people, just go to Khan Academy and just learn about stuff. And what's gonna happen is, if you're learning, I guarantee you, some kind of question is gonna pop up. What is that? How does that apply? That's just a start, right? And then another thing is, like I said, is just relationships. Building relationships with people, building relationships with advisors. Get someone who's uh, who definitely is on your team. Like, you know, mentorship, that's big. You gotta have somebody. Like, man, I know you're an OG, or you know, you've been in the game X, Y, and Z. You need to ask, you know, 
also have a spiritual mental. You know, all these different components. Somebody who's, who's traveling the road you're trying to take. Yeah, exactly. Because my whole thing is, is that I didn't know Jonathan Ogden personally, you know? So I just had to watch him on TV. Right. <laughs> if I want to be something, I need to watch it. You know, look at it. And, and, and I don't buy the concept of like, you know, well, that's definitely a different subject, but you can always learn something from somebody, whether they're, you know, per, you know them personally or something that you can visibly see on television or YouTube or whatever. You can learn something. So it's all about being a lifelong learner. What a huge, huge you know, nugget that you just dropped on us. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back after this. This podcast is sponsored by Commodore Cleaning. Need your house cleaned? Call 214-519-9565 or visit CommodoreCleaning.com to schedule your next visit. That's 214-519-9565 or CommodoreCleaning.com. Welcome back to the Vision Lab. I'm your host, Ryan Cuffey, and we have none other than my frat brother, member of Omega Sci-Fi, Q Sci-Fi, till I die. This is Jonathan Scott. So the last segment, we just, uh, you know, jumped off talking about, you know, being a lifelong learner. So so take me back. Here you are. It's, it's your 10th year in the league, and you've decided, you know, whatever at whatever point during that season, this is it. I'm going to hang up the cleats. What's the next step? What What does that look like on the very first day when you decide, you know what, I'm done? Well, that's a good question. You know, the, um, the very first day, it was laying down, <laughs> getting some, like, hot tub and icy hot. That's all I was doing. But, you know, but no, in all seriousness, it's like, um, one of the things that, you know, my dad, he, you know, he was a Q as well, he passed away. And one of the biggest things that, um, you know, that was always important, a conversation between, you know, me and my dad was like, how do you want, how do you want your name to be remembered in this world? And so, um, you know, especially the conversation me and my dad had, it was real big and like, uh, you know, your purpose. You know, what's your purpose? What's your purpose? What's your purpose? What's your purpose? And when I, you know, and that was kind of the thing that, you know, was kind of, I wouldn't say struggling for me, but that's where the journey was at that point. Like, okay, what is my purpose? Right? A lot of people kind of misidentify, well, uh, misconstrue purpose and identity, right? So they use their identity mm-hmm. as their purpose. Right. And their purpose is just a, to flaunt their identity, right? So one of the things I like to, you know, kind of make reference to is that, think about it, we have multiple identities, right? Sure. You have a corporate identity, you got a family identity, right? You know, you probably, like, my name is Jonathan, right? Some people give me, I have a different identity. When someone says J. Scott, I know that's an identity of comfort, right? They they recognize me as J. Scott. When someone calls me Jonathan, uh, that's you know that's uh, a, maybe a different identity. Maybe I don't have a personal relationship with 
right? There's not as much as a comfort zone. It's just a respect. Right. Or the same thing is like the same way on a spiritual level. You talk to God, you, you talk to God in many ways as you possibly can. Dear God, dear Lord, it's a different Father. identity. Father. Father. Exactly. Right. It's a different identity. So what happened, so for me, is that I had to find my purpose, right? So real quick story. I'll try to make it as quick as possible. Take your time. You know, um, I got this moment to where I was speaking for the National Psoriasis Foundation and the pharmaceutical company. And so I was going to this big conference and we were going to be, I was going to be speaking in front of, well, I did speak in front of about five to 600 people on pretty much the entire company, right? Speaking to all the sales reps and, you know, they were launching this uh, psoriatic uh, uh, topical solution that was for patients and stuff like that. So I'm talking to the salespeople, telling them, giving them motivation to push themselves. You can do it, you know, the whole the whole spiel. So the funny thing was, like I'm going into this thing, I got this contract with this pharmaceutical company. And so like, hey, we're gonna go to, we're going to uh, we're gonna do this conference, our end of the year conference in uh, Florida, uh, with Disney World, right? So I, I mean, they fly me in, take care of everything, and they say, all right, cool. All right, you know, we just want you to speak maybe like five, ten minutes to to you know our staff, just give them some inspiration and this, that, and the other. So I'm like, all right, cool, no big deal, and they gonna pay me for it. I'm like, all right, no problem, right? Yeah. So I get there, check in, and so I get the uh, so I get the kind of the itinerary of what's going on the entire weekend. So I look through the itinerary and just seeing them like, okay, they got these workshops, and boom, at the end of it, it had Jonathan Scott. Keynote. Keynote speaker. <laughs> I'm like, so I know when you say keynote speaker, that's the highlight of the entire thing. Closing the show. But yeah, so I'm like, and I look at the time schedule, I'm like, speak at 7 o'clock <laughs> and finish at 7.45. I'm like, wait a minute, I'm going to be on the, I got to be on stage in 45 minutes? You were that dude. Yeah. I was that guy, right? Yeah. And I, I was like, ooh. <laughs> Wait a minute, so I got to come with it, right? You right. know me. Right. My mindset is like, I'm going to be the best I can possibly be. So I'm like, oh, all right. Well, don't get nervous. You've been in front of thousands of hundreds, millions of people on well, television. Like, ain't no ain't no reason to to, to choke. <laughs> like, just don't nut up. Yeah, just do your thing, right? right? So I'm like, all right. So I'm in the room. I'm putting bullet points together, walking around, pacing, kind of talking through what I'm going to talk through. So get out there the next day, get on the get on the stage, they had fireworks. All we do is win, 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 no matter what. Yeah. <laughs> I mean it was live. I was like, oh dang. Alright. So um, so I said, again, yeah, I alright. So like I go through the whole thing. Long story longer, do my speech, talk to everyone, and I at the end of it, I can see people crying. It was an emotional story. At the end of everything, I get a standing ovation. Huge. That was all uh, like, oh damn, I ain't never done this, but it's my first. That's my first introduction to to public speaking, right there. Right? Nothing, nothing. You teach. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't go into any kind of formal learning or class. It was right. just natural, right? Right. So I get out there, standing ovation, and after that, I meet with people, and then these people older than me, and they're like, you don't know, say how much that means to me, and everyone's giving me all this positive feedback, and at that moment. It was a spiritual sense of like, this is my purpose. So I found my purpose. Yeah. My identity is a football player, businessman, uh, brother, son, you know what I'm saying? Like, I got all these different identities, 
but I needed to find my purpose. And at that moment, I said, you know what? My purpose is to empower people. Yeah. Simple as that. And I was like, at that point, I was like, I'm gonna use every resource that I have, every inch of, uh, uh, every inch of myself to be able to empower the next person. And my, at the end of the day, if I'm planting a seed to some, in someone else or in something else, I'm gonna be able to rip those benefits later. That's just, just like anything, right? It's a servant's heart. This is a service. It's a, at the end of the day, it's service, that's right? It it's the same the thing we talk about the fraternity. It's a, what's your service? Yeah. You no, know, that's my service. And at the same time, I can give this information, and it and it's not to benefit me. It's so, to benefit someone else. Yeah. This is the Vision Lab podcast. Uh, by the way, we're, we're shooting, or I shouldn't say shooting. We're recording. Uh, for those of you listening, we got we got plans for the video portions later on down the road, but. Uh, tonight we're recording at Industrial Cigar uh, at 9500 North Dallas Parkway in Frisco, Texas. Zip code 75033. Uh, it's right here at Tollway in Frisco. Great selection, great humidor, great atmosphere. Make sure you come check them out. Uh, back into it, we've talked about the word learn. And I know, Jay Scott, you know, we've had conversations with you about some of this. Um, the word uh, empowering keeps coming up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You're in the financial world now. Yep. And like you said, as far as, you know, your purpose is to empower people uh, with knowledge and plant seeds. And, you know, obviously those seeds will sprout and grow and bear fruit later on down the road. Um, you just talked about giving that, that speech at that Psoriasis conference. Um, but when you talk about empowering people and your, I guess for lack of a better word, your day-to-day business operations, mm-hmm. um, what does it mean to you personally to, to empower people? And, and when did you know outside of that conference, like I said, that was just a one-time deal. Like you didn't, you didn't, they, they set you up and you didn't know that's what was gonna happen. But when did you, you know, truly understand like, okay, this is what it is. Like, I'm gonna give people knowledge in regards to financial literacy yeah. and things like that. So, yeah, so <clears throat> it actually, it was crazy how it happened. It was one of those moments, it's like, all right, you sit back and say, all right, what am I gonna do? All right, so I got my purpose, I got that. Now I need to find a mission. Right. Right. So now I got my mission. What is my mission? Well, in order to assess my mission, I got to see what tools I got. Right. If you're gonna build a house, uh, like, well, what, what you got in the box? Let's actually start putting stuff exactly, together. Exactly. So, what is my what are the tools I have? Right. One of the beauty the beauty of being able to play professional football, I'm allowed a platform. Right. I'm allowed a platform to be able to speak on <clears throat> speak about whatever issue issue or uh, concern or anything that I possibly want to, right? Being that I'm a professional athlete, I can get at least get someone's attention, right? So I can go into a situation and say, you know what? Hey, I want to be able to create my legacy to be able to empower people. One of the things specifically that I, I, I my mission is is to change the change the dynamic and the rhetoric behind the professional athlete. Okay. What is that rhetoric? That rhetoric is financial literacy, right? So what tools do I have, right? So I'm working with guys always starting from high school, right? I mentor a bunch of high school kids, some guys pro, and I actually got seven guys right now, that are, uh, a few guys in college, and I got seven guys currently right now playing in the NFL. So what tool do I use, right? 
to back up a little bit, you got to be able to form some relationship for me to be able to be able, in order for me to be able to build a trust with you, right? You got to build a relationship. So one of the funnels that I use is that I use offensive line training to be able to build relationships with guys who are going to probably eventually be able to play on Sundays, right? So I build that relationship with them in, in high school, sure. right? I've got a guy right now, I got drafted 35th pick with 37, 37 pick with the Panthers. I'm building, I built a relationship with him, right? Now, I'm actually part of his financial team, right? It's funny you say team because he's playing sport, you know, right. team. So he has a team of people that's going to be able to be in his best interest to be able to create prosperity for him, financial wealth, generational wealth for years to come. Right. So I I have a literally I have a funnel system of strategy to be able to work with people. Right. So specifically, my business is not only for athletes, it's for everyday Americans. It's for business, business people, uh, entrepreneurs and high net worth individuals. Right. So I use a myriad of different financial tools to be able to create generational wealth. Right. The thing that I've learned is through different people that I've talked talk with, mentored, uh, got mentorship from, is teaching me how the biggest thing is, especially for in my passion, even deeper passion in my mission with my purpose is to be able to educate our black, our young black men. I, I'm unapologetic about that. I am about teaching our young black men. Look at it historically, our black men and women have been stripped of our culture, mm -hmm. stripped of our heritage, stripped of our education, stripped of our families, been degraded, castrated, and been and, and been literally and figuratively. Exactly. And have not been given the opportunity to be able to learn. Given the opportunity to be able to pass knowledge, right? You can literally shut off from your own group of people, right? So I've looked, I've learned, I've sit back and I had many times sitting at three o'clock, three o'clock in the morning to where <laughs> three o'clock in the morning having a cigar, just thinking about like what I can do, right? And so I've learned it systematically when you talk about systematic racism, like different entities have been, have been able to gain power, gain access, gain wealth, off the labors of black black men and women. Mm -hmm. Some of those some of those entities are insurance companies, banks, all of those those type of entities. I have the ability to use those exact same entities to be able to better ourselves. Right? I can be able to teach strategy how to strategically use an insurance policy to be able to create generational wealth. I can teach how to use uh, different types of government. Um, uh, structures, corporate structures, to be able to keep money in your pocket. Now, let me, let me ask you this: ninety-nine point nine percent of our listeners mm -hmm. are not former re retired athletes or mm -hmm. athletes that are getting ready to, you know, start their professional careers. So, mm -hmm. I'm a guy that makes thirty to fifty thousand dollars a year, mm -hmm. but I want the information yeah. that JRS. Uh, has yeah. How, how 
can I can I tap into that network? Can yeah. I can I yeah. get so one how, the, how does that happen? So the first thing you can do is you can go to FFCCapitalVentures.com. Again, it's FFCCapitalVentures.com. On the uh, on our website, you can kind of just look at how we, you know, all the different financial education tools that we have, teaching people the simple, a simple thing, understanding the rule of seventy-two. What's the rule of seventy-two? Mm-hmm. What that is is just is just how fast can you make your money double? Yeah. Right. The higher the percentage, the more the less time it takes for your money to double. Right. Uh, we talk about all those different things. We talk about um, tax solutions. A lot of these things that I didn't get, they weren't taught to me in college. They weren't taught to talk to me in high school. They weren't taught to me through my, by my family. But now I'm in a position where I can change that dynamic and be able to pass that generational wealth of knowledge as well as money down the line. Yeah, that's huge. We're gonna take a quick break. We'll be back with our guest, none other than Mr. Jonathan Scott. And uh, we'll talk to you guys here in a second. This podcast is sponsored by Commodore Cleaning. Need your house clean? Call 214-519-9565 or visit CommodoreCleaning.com to schedule your next visit. That's 214-519-9565 or CommodoreCleaning.com. Back to the Vision Lab. I'm your host, Ryan Cuffey. And I'm Ryan Mosley. And we got none other than Mr. Jonathan Scott here with us. Man, guys, we just, during the break, we, we had a phenomenal kind of breakthrough, if you will. Um, really just talking football, but but football is just the, the beginning point, right? It's 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 life in our, our mindset. And one of the things, Jonathan, that you talked about was having this and if I could paraphrase, a growth mindset. Mm-hmm. And, and Carol Dweck um, is the Lewis and Virginia Eaton Professor of Psychology at, at Stanford University. She talks about having a growth mindset versus a fixed mindset. And we just talked about during the break, like how you can actually break down um, offensive linemen and teach them how to properly have the best mechanics and why you're the best in the game. So I want to extrapolate, I want to expand upon that, and I want to dive into not necessarily the technical aspect of football, because we all know that our listeners are not football savants or even offensive linemen for that matter. But let's just talk about the mentality. You just said, I can watch an individual, or I can watch film 15,000 times to figure it out. What drives you to do that? You know, it's um, for me, it's real simple. It's like, if I want to be the best, I watch the best. Whoever you revere in that that category, I just look at them over and over. I'm like, the way I look at it is, how can I better myself? Well, shoot, look at the best person in the game. I mean, you look, you got to think. If I'm a guy from high school and I'm looking at trying to be the best, um, I just constantly say, let me turn on on on. Uh, turn on the television and look at who that is. I, look, I just literally looked at Larry Allen. 
over and over and over. And so what happens is it's, it's my own mistakes that I may have had watching, you know, doing something on field. I got knocked over, or ran over, something like that. How can I, how can I fix it? You know, how can I, and, and it's this critical way of thinking. I'm critical of myself, right? It's like, I know I'm not, I want to be able to aim for, for perfection, right? So I'm looking like, how can I make it perfect? I'm always looking, I'm always looking at how I can make it perfect. You know, of course, I probably won't, but I don't, there's nothing wrong with striving. But, but, but you have that growth mindset, right? Like, yeah. it's it's not about, and here's the thing, guys, failure is okay. Oh, yeah, no you question. You know, I think, I think people are, are afraid to fail, yeah. and that's the wrong mentality to yeah. have. Yeah. If, you're, if you're afraid to fail, then you're never going to advance in life. My One of my best friends has a tattoo that says, uh, uh, there's no progress without struggle. And, and guys, if you fail, it's okay. That's a part of your your progress. That's a, that's a part of moving forward. And so when you when you're looking at any situation that you're currently going through, it's okay to to not be the best. It's okay to fall backwards and take a step and really learn. And Mo, what do you think about that? I actually don't. The word failure is um, is a stranger to me in the sense that like I don't necessarily believe in the term failure. I believe we either win or we learn. Um, like I, I've got something I got going on right now to where most people will probably take it as somewhat of a failure. I don't. I just look at it as an opportunity where okay, I'm going to learn from the mistakes I did make. At the same time, there are some things I gained from that actual experience, but I I don't see it as a failure. I see it as a, as a, as an opportunity to learn now. The environment I had to learn things in wasn't necessarily the most um, conducive. I wouldn't say it was the most constructive environment for learning, but I had the wherewithal to be like, you know what? This ain't the best environment for me at the time, but I'm going to do my best to learn whatever it is I can learn while I'm in it until I get out of it. And thank goodness I just got out of that particular situation. Yeah, and it's, it's just kind of to that point. It's like, like the you know, I know it's like, how can you, you know, what is success? I've heard that many times. What is success? Is not a straight line. I know that. Yeah. <laughs> unless, you unless you win the lottery, <laughs> exactly right. And so, like, there's gonna be bumps. There's gonna be curves. It's gonna. It's not gonna be like boom, sh straight out the gate. You know, no, it's just not happening that way. So for me, it's you know what. This is one thing I learned. This is this is an outstanding book, right? This like this dude is hardcore. This is a, this is a different kind of brother. It's a book called. Uh, can't uh, was it? Can't hurt me. Can't hurt me by David, David Goggins. Goggins. Yes. That dude is hardcore. Like, does he not make you feel like you're less than? What? Oh my <laughs> god! So like, like just the stuff that he went through, it makes you like, damn, you ain't got it bad. I ain't got it bad at all. And that and that's the thing is that whole it's that whole mindset. It's like, man, stop talking about what you can't do. Stop talking about what you can do. You know. What do you think about the forty percent rule? What is the forty percent? So I think it was like two thousand six, two thousand seven, something like that. You know, he wants to find out what's the hardest race that's out there, mm. and it's called Badwater. And so he does all this research. He finds out that it's Badwater, and in order to qualify, he causes that the the race uh, organizers organizer up, and is like, "Hey, I want to be in this race." And the guy's like, "Well, what have you done?" He's like, I haven't done anything. 
So, okay, well, look, there's, a, there's another race out in, you know, Hawaii or, or wherever it was. And you guys read the book. Uh, I'm really paraphrasing, but the point of the story is this. He goes out, he runs this race right after he does like this full body workout, like intense legs uh, was a workout, like, you know, squats, power cleans. And like at this particular point in time in his life, he was like a power lifter. And so he does this, you know, this workout the day before his race. Um, the next day he goes out, runs a hundred miles on a track, <laughs> on, a, on, a, on a track, y'all. It's just like, you know, if you were, were to go to your high school uh, football field and there's a track around it, like he's literally running a hundred miles. And at about mile 70, he realizes I'm done. I, I, I cannot do anymore. I'm, I'm physically unable to take another step. He takes a step, I mean, he takes a, uh, a break. He goes to his, uh, his chair. He does, and just to be a little grotesque, a little graphic, he, he kind of, you know, defecates on himself. Um, and his, his ex-wife, his wife at the time was a nurse and, and just tried to, you know, wing him back to health and things like that but he wasn't able to do it. He finally says, okay, you know what? Screw it, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna do it. He gets up and he realizes that he's got 40% left. So everybody through their journey, when you feel like you've reached the end, you've got another 40% in you. Mm -hmm. And that's an arbitrary number, right? Like yeah. it could be 30%, 50%, 80%, whatever it is. But the point of being, the, you got more you in you. You got more in you, that, that's exactly correct. Yeah. It's, it's a dope book. Uh, you need to check it out again. A, a quick plug for David Goggins. Um, the book is called Can't Hurt Me. Uh, I don't know if it's a New York best uh, New York seller Times. yet, New York <laughs> Times bestseller, but it, it, if it's, it's not, it, it will be. Yeah. I read that book this year. Actually, I'm in the process because um, we talked about financial literacy. We talked about em empowering. Um, and really, I think it, it, it boils down to investing in yourself you know jim Rohn, um world-renowned jim Rohn, talks about before you invest in anything else you have to invest in yourself so i made it a point this year 2019 to invest in myself and the easiest way to do that is read and so one of the things that i'm i'm doing is i'm reading my goal this year start to finish is to read 16 books I'm at, I'm at five and a half right now, but guys, you got to invest in yourself. You got to read. It's yeah. paramount. It's paramount. Yeah, no, it's, it, it is paramount. And that's the whole point. You know, that's kind of the point of like, you know, kind of to your point when you're saying, what do you know and what you don't know? Well, you can find out a lot of information. Pick up a book. <laughs> Just pick up a book. I mean, even strategically, <laughs> it is, it is it's documented documented essays that I have read that uh, white society historically strategically used books to keep our black people and, I, and, I, and not, not to harp too much on it, to keep our black people uneducated, keep them childlike and in a cage. Like I looked this stuff up myself, read it, Library of Congress, read these thing, different things. I mean, the the knowledge that you can get from picking up a book is, is paramount, right? Um, you know, just kind of talking about some of the things that I'm reading now. Um, uh, uh, definitely reading, um, or read, 
David Goggins book. Um, also, you know, read different things when it comes to you know, uh, understanding your 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 network. Uh, the Power of Who. That's a good book. And, you know, so that book is by uh, yeah, it's by Jesus. Uh, the top tip of the tongue, tip of the tongue, tip of the tongue. Is that um, the guy who said that uh, uh, your uh, your your is it your net worth? Is, is you know your network is your net worth? Oh God, yeah. See the guy uh, who said that? Yeah, I know uh, you're talking about. Uh, it's, yeah, I got you. Jesus, I know his name. Yes, Bob Bodine. Bob uh, Bodine. Yeah. yeah, I also got another book to read. Is uh, Two Chairs? That's a good book. Um, you know how to uh, win friends and influence people. Um, that's a good one. Uh, and some of you definitely want to read if you're trying to be an entrepreneur. Forty Eight Laws of Power. Yep. Yes, sir. That's, that's a good. One. That's a good absolutely. One. Really yeah, good I go one. always. Go, I always go back to that book. <laughs> Just uh, I've, I've read that book at least seven times. Um, Forty Eight Laws of Power is a uh, huge book. Um, if you haven't read it, guys, uh, I've actually started the book. I have not finished the book. It is a. It's a long read. But it's very insightful, very impactful. It's, um, it, it'll change your yeah, life. Yeah, and, and the beauty is it's bullet point, right? So you can always go, you know, one of the things is like, after you read the first time, you can go back to it. And let's say, you know, let's say you work for corporate America and you're trying to get that new position. You got to understand this game. When I say this game, I mean the political game, social economic game. It's all about putting yourself in a position of power, right? And power doesn't mean you're like some tyrant sitting at the top of a mountain and dictating what you know people do and not do. It's more so understanding control. And it's even funny not to kind of jump into a different subject. We talk about, and when we talk about the financial literacy, and I'm pretty sure you've heard it from uh, Robert Kiyosaki. You've heard it from um, Rockefeller talking about being able the, the the path to true financial success is to have um, uh, ownership of nothing, but control, but control of everything. everything. And so, you can, even on the financial tip, that's why I kind of always bring it back to is why you want to be able to have control of your finances. You want to be able to have control of uh, where your dollars where, go. Exactly where your dollars go. One of the things that I learned, and I know we, I'm kind of on a tangent, okay. but, but this, this is what the vision man is all about. Yeah, <laughs> You're good. We, we just, roll, we just <laughs> roll with it. And so one of the things that I also realized is that, you know, I did everything right. I had my 401k plan. I got my annuities that I invested in as a player. And one of the things I realized is that, damn, all the money that I make, I'm at the bottom of the total pole. Yes, I made X amount of millions of dollars and I'm at the bottom of the totem pole. How is that? How the hell you at the bottom of the totem pole? It's because it's not how much you make, it's how much you keep. Yes. Right? Yes. So speak. Money, money follows title. What does that mean? You have as an individual have a social security number, right? So if you get paid as W-2, they are going, this company is gonna pay you in the form of some type of compensation, which is money, and it's gonna be a there's going to be a social security number or some identification number tagged to it. IIE W9, W2, W4, right? So what happens is, is that every time someone, a company over here on the right, they have a company, they make you find, I'm pretty sure everybody on here is listening, has filled out a W2. Everybody. Probably wrong. Right? Or 
<laughs> exactly. Yeah. You probably feel that wrong, right? So what happens is is that you need to. What happens is there's a certain taxable um, taxable liability that goes with everything. So for me, the more you make, the more you have to pay if you don't know what you're doing, yeah. right? So you can look it up, IRS.gov. This is like, this is my go-to for anything I'm talking about financial-wise. You can go to irs.gov and find it yourself. Okay. One of the things is, is that it's not illegal to avoid tax. It is illegal to evade tax. It's different, yeah. right? So everything that I'm talking about is what I'm reporting to you, reporting to the government, right? There's different types of strat strategies and structures that allow you to do that. You can, just, you can even see it in movies and things of that nature. Uh, there's a movie called All the Money in the World. At the tail end of the movie, they talk about trusts. They're gonna, even, they're gonna mention, now this is one he had in the, around the 70s, he was, um, he was one of the, uh, what's the old tycoon? He was one of the richest men in the world, right? You gotta check that movie out, All the Money in the World, right? At the tail end, they talk about trust. Why is that important, Jonathan? It's because you can strategically use trusts and these type of entities to be able to minimize your taxable liability. A lot of people don't know that. You have access to it. Go to irs.gov and you can get it, right? So um, what happened was for me, back to my story, was that I made, one year I made about a little over a million dollars this year. Now, let's just keep it simple. Let's just say I made a million dollars this year. All right, all right the internal revenue says 40% of that my taxable liability forty percent. So if I made a million dollars, four hundred thousand dollars is going to the government. It's top. gone. Top. Yeah, it's gone. Six hundred thousand dollars left. All right. Of that four, of that million, I got to pay three percent to my agent. So three percent gone. So what else? Now you got to talk about you know, any types of bills, your your, your oh, way man. of living, your overhead, overhead. expenses, your own personal expenses. Guess what? Now. Now I've given e easily seven hundred thousand dollars to to somebody else. Mm. I'm at the bottom of the total pole. And you're hurting. You're aching. Your body. Yeah, exactly. Is Guess yeah. what? I got to pay. You know, when I was playing, I spent at least uh, on a small scale. I easily spent about fifty thousand dollars on just trying to get my body right. Like it's body maintenance. Body maintenance, right? And, and got to play at the high level so I can get the next check, yeah. right? And ninety nine point nine percent of us are not there. So exactly. And there's a hundred percent injury rate in the NFL. So there's definitely an expiration date on anything in the NFL when it comes to any professional sport, right? So um, one thing that I realized is like, how can I stop? being at the bottom of the total pole, right? So I, you know, I've read different books and I just talked to God. I was like, can you put me in a position to have true financial freedom? Mm -hmm. Now, this is, I'm gonna I'm leave you with this. I'm gonna allow, allow the people listening to reach out and go to, our, go to my website and be able to set up a time to email us or set up a time for a consultation. I'll keep it real simple like this. I have when it comes to businesses i can be able to leverage my businesses to be able to buy things in the eight figures right now all right right i have that leveraging power but me jonathan scott myself actually qualify for food stamps
Mm-hmm. How did I do that? You need to hit me up. Now that's like I said, that's a three-hour conversation. But they have to have you back on the Vision Lab podcast. <laughs> right. How do you do that? Well, that's the beauty of being able to be educate, uh, educating yourself and seeking knowledge. Right. That's the biggest thing is seeking knowledge. And my whole thing is that what we do is financial education. Uh, it's it's real simple. It's real simple. Um, but you know, how, like it's kind of to your point. It's like if you don't know it exists, how you never gonna even look look for it, right? But that's my that's the condo. That's me. That's what I'm doing is about empowering people, giving people that education to say, you know what? I want to better myself. I want to be able to create generational wealth. That's what we do. That's what that that's my whole purpose. You know, Jay Scott, we really appreciate you coming on and talking to us about this uh, financial literacy. Um, We're going to come back with one more segment here on the Vision Lab podcast. Welcome back to the Vision Lab podcast. What an amazing time we've had here with Jonathan Scott. Guys, we've talked about everything from your purpose, your mission, empowerment, um, having a growth mindset, financial literacy. I mean, Jonathan, you, you've given us so much to, to really chew on. I want to say thank you. Oh, um, my pleasure. My pleasure. Yeah, absolutely. Just thank you. And I, I, and I know our listeners are, are super excited about everything that you said. Guys, if you haven't had an opportunity yet, if you like the content that you've heard, go ahead and subscribe to the Vision Lab podcast. Uh, just click the link below. Subscribe to the channel. We're going to come out with more content. Okay, so as we get ready to land this plane, uh, one of the big things I've taken from you is you got a mindset in regards to whatever it is you put your whatever it is you put your hands on, put your mind to. You, you're gonna you're gonna do your absolute best to be the best at whatever it is, right? Mm-hmm. And so you know, obviously, you know, you've got the, the the retired athlete background. I ask this to a lot of professional athletes I've, I've met, come across. You know, I know some blah blah blah. Uh, whether it be at UT or when you're, whenever you're playing in the league, mm-hmm. who's the best player you ever played against? <laughs> the best player I ever played against? Oh, that was, all right. Or, or before, you, before you answer, let me ask a different way too. And this might be two pong, we'll see. Um, who was the guy you played against, you know, first, second year in the league and you thought, okay, wait a minute, this is different. <laughs> oh, that's easy. Leonard Little, he played defensive end for the Rams at that time, St. Louis. I don't want to date myself too much, but anyway, he, he played defensive end for the uh, for the Rams, and I'm this is my first year as a rookie, so this is 2006, and all of a sudden, Leonard Little come off that line of scrimmage and he hit me with a bull rush. I was like, God damn, this is strong, man. I mean, I mean this dude was strong. I was like, Yeah, he don't. He, I know you don't remember me, no young rookie going against him, but he was definitely like, okay, all right, now I got, I got, this is real, I got, yeah, it's real out here, so I can't, I can't get embarrassed like this. What what point of the season was that for you? This is, oh, this has got to be like first, first, first quarter of the season, so it's got to be one of the first four games of the season. It wasn't preseason, so no, no, it's it's regular season. You feeling like, okay, I can, I can do this, I can do the league. And then now here you are. And he squared you up. Yeah. yeah. I was like, Gave you the best. Damn. I, was like, Shit. I was just like, damn, I got to come with it. So next thing I know, I was like, all right, I'm looking at that film. Like, how can I get better? Uh, I'm just trying to just get my skills set right. Because I'm like, I can't do that again. 
Okay, so now you're you know now you're an established veteran, and, mm-hmm. and, and even at this point retirement, looking back on it, who's the best player you played against? James Harris, definitely. Why? Because he has he has speed and power, and on top of that, he has a low center of gravity. And he understands and he understands leverage. He understands leverage like anything. I mean, you go look him up on YouTube, look at some of his workout stuff. I remember one time he's like. Like Jay, let's go on, get on these. Let's get on these. Uh, let's get on these uh, four plates. Four plates of what? <laughs> <laughs> he was talking about four plates of bench press. That's a lot of weight, man. That's four hundred five pounds, guys. That's, that's a lot. He was just working out with it. Just working out, and this is this is before practice. I'm just like nah, now. Let me put this uh, in perspective. At my peak in college, I did four hundred five as a max. Oh no, this is and he's working out yeah. with 405. Before Rats. practice. Clink, clink, Before clink, practice. Clink, clink. I was like, Jesus Christ, he's too strong. <laughs> and I mean he was insane with it. Like, like he had like his work ethic is ridiculous. Like there's I have not seen anybody's work ethic bigger than his. He's insane with it. And then on top of that, I know for a fact he ain't touched no PEDs or nothing like that. Yeah. He just natural. straight, just natural. And the bulldog. He just just yeah, he's a lumberjack, like for real. <laughs> so obviously, if anybody looks up your background and your bio, you were part of the the one of the best college football games of all time, the Rose mm-hmm. Bowl, UT, USC. What is the best moment you remember from that particular game? Is it something that you realize in pregame, like like oh, blessed no, to be on this stage, or even the, the play where Vince won the game? Like, what is the what is your seminal moment from that game? Oh, it was easy. It was uh, it was that last that last drive. It was a TV timeout. And you know, leading into the game, you know, you know, no game was too big for me, right? But at some point, I got a little like, oh damn, like I had that oh shit moment, like oh damn, I'm in the national championship. It was literally a TV timeout. We're in drive position, and we're down by what one point. Um, and I remember when that happened, uh, we sitting there at the TV timeout, and I remember David Thomas. David Thomas is a is a he's a clean cut guy that's I mean he's holier than Al but plays like a monster on the field. He'll drive and do a hundred yards every play and, and won't even complain. He's on the offensive line. No, no, he's a tight he's a tight end. He's a tight end. So at that point, we had a timeout. David Thomas, he's like one of those quiet leaders of the team. The guy who don't say anything. He don't say nothing, right? And we get we get the timeout, and all of a sudden, it just gets one of the moments. It was just quiet. We waited for the TV, you know, the timeout to be the, the red hat waver. Exactly. Right and he says, "Let's go fucking win! Let's go fucking win!" And I was like, "Damn, DT." That was the nickname, DT. Uh, I was like, "All righty then." So <laughs> let's go win. And so as soon as that happened, man, we go in, score. Vince, the, you know, the the whole thing, he gets out. And runs that, you know, runs that bootleg, goes in the end zone, touchdown, we win it. So at that moment, I was like, damn, we in the national championship. And I kind of just like looked up in the stands and I just saw all these camera flashes like flickering. Like it was crazy. At that moment, I was just like, damn, this is a great moment. Great moment. Speaking of great moments, as we close out the Vision Lab podcast, what is, if you could say to all of our listeners, what type of vision do our our listeners need to have to propel themselves into the future? Never give up on your vision. Always drive. Have a killer mindset. 
and never let anyone deter you from your vision, your dream, your goals. You know, it won't be it not necessarily won't be won't be easy. But just trust yourself, stay passionate, stay ingrained, be a lifelong learner, learner, and I guarantee you, you will have success. Well, I just want to say, first of all, it's been an honor to, to, to talk to you over the last hour or so. Um, what an incredible story you have. The amount of information that you gave us, I just want to say thank you. Jake my Scott. pleasure, man. My pleasure. Yeah. For sure, for sure. Definitely, man. And uh, much success for you guys moving forward, man. Just helping and enlightening more people. Uh, that's what it's all about, man. Giving back and giving, giving all types of just not nuggets of knowledge, man. I love it. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been the Vision Lab Podcast. My name is Ryan Mosley. And I'm Ryan Cuffey. We'll see you in the next episode.